Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Mile I've Got podcast. Just about to bring the guys in. I've got Rocket and Magic Mike waiting to bring everyone this week's update on the world of golf, according to us. Um, it's been a big week. been a big week for Australian golf. Uh, sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. Mile of Golf podcast, episode 150-something. We just keep going on with it. Who counts the numbers? But uh, here we are. We're back. Gentlemen, good evening. It's a Wednesday night, a balmy Wednesday night here in Melbourne. Uh, how are you, Rocket? Are you well? I'm fat. Never gets old. Starts you, with, starts you off with a laugh. <laughs> I'm good, thank you, Roscoe. I'm very good. Excellent. I'm intrigued, as always, uh, by your cryptic uh, Zoom background. If we choose to go with the uh, the video... Um, of this podcast and put that out for everyone's viewing pleasure. Uh, you will see Rocket's cryptic background. It always is a conversation starter. If nonetheless, um, I can see some water, I can see some blood, uh, and I can see him covering what might be creating that. But anyway, I'm sure there's a meaning there. I'm pretty sure there's, it's a, pretty, there's a shark in there. Pretty clear. Uh, I mentioned video there before. You can catch last week's episode uh, on the YouTube channel. Um, we did crack 100 subscribers. I put the desperate play out. Like and describe, like, like, not like and dis- like and subscribe, not like no, and prob- describe. We probably don't want anyone to describe because we know what the feedback would be. But like and subscribe is appreciated. Uh, of course, uh, we are off the hundred, um, over the hundred. I think we joked about who was the cricketer we joked about last week? Um, Michael uh, Michael Slater. Michael Slater. I think we we scored one run this week, hundred and three. Uh, thank you to the, the number one hundred and three uh, subscriber. Don't know who you are, but uh, really do appreciate you. Um, but yeah, you can see our episode from last week. Uh, it's it's got the three of us there on the screen, so you can see us all at the same time, rather than one coming in and coming out. A little bit better quality uh, video, according to my guy who puts it together. And um, yeah, anyway, we'll do this. Um, but you'll see Rocket's cryptic. Um, it's cryptic. not really. It's not really that cryptic. Well, it's pretty straightforward, really. Um, <laughs> but I've got we've got Magic Mike up there. Uh, Magic Mike also has a background, uh, and Magic Mike is this week's resident expert on this week's PGA Tour stopover. Uh, in uh, Mexico because he's played the course several times. Uh, Magic, how are you? I'm excellent. I'm a new man, Ross. It's It's been very lovely weather here in Melbourne. Perfect golf weather. So I'm, I feel very relaxed after a couple of hits and mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit suntan, which is great. Okay. So you've been out and had a hit? I have. I have. I had two hits in, over the long weekend. Uh, uh, Sunday at Growling Frog and Tuesday at Sandringham. Was it a long weekend in Melbourne? Was it? Well, it was a it was a Tuesday. I, I worked Monday, but many people had Saturday through Tuesday off. Rockets well, nodding. Well, just to let you know that the retail stores of Melbourne are open. They opened uh, six o'clock Friday night uh, for the golf shops of Melbourne. That probably meant Saturday morning uh, for drummer golf uh, in the city at, at uh, nine thirty in the morning. And no long weekend in the world of uh, the golf retail business. Uh, let me tell you, gents, it's just been. Pedal to the metal and uh, keeping the golfers of Melbourne very happy. Uh, people are losing Pro V1s and that, and TP5s and Chrome Softs and 
Bridgestones and all of those other good things that they lose, uh, and they're buying them in droves and also golf equipment. Uh, new wedges. Pe- people are going crazy for some new wedges. They want some spin. They want some action on the greens. So you were at Sandy Links, I believe. Is that right? Sandy on Tuesday, yeah. It was delightful. You need some action on the greens at that place. Do It was, uh, yeah, they were sort of, they're probably rolling a little bit slower than I thought they were going to be. I think in a, I think they must have put a little bit of water on them because it was 30 degrees. So it, was, it was very warm. But, yeah, I think a couple of days like that in a row and they'd be rolling a bit like a, a marble tabletop. But, um, no, they're beautiful greens. Uh, let's talk about uh, that course for a little second. Uh, I've just finished compiling my uh, votes in one of the uh, top 100 list uh, panels that I'm part of and um, whether or not Sandy Links features in part of that uh, part, part of that listing. I have played it within the requisite time. Um, what do you think of the, the redo of Sandy Links, uh, Moff? It's great. I think uh, it ticks the boxes of all the things public golf should be. You know, it's... It's absolutely exceptional when it comes to uh, the way the course is maintained. You're not going to get any better public course. Um, but they've done the smart thing and the, the, the um, Jeff and Mike and the OCM guys have done a really good job in putting a bit of fun into it. It's challenging, but, you know, don't need long par fives. You just need good fun holes. And that, that's exactly what it does. And it's great. It's, and it's still extremely challenging, which is good. How much? Uh, I think it was 45 bucks to play, something like that. Yeah. For 18. Yep. And it's all right. On a public holiday. Right. So, yeah. No. 40, $45 for a round of golf on a golf course that's been redeveloped and redesigned by a US Open winner. Uh, and the up-and-coming golf architect firm in Australia uh, of note and you know, will soon be the globe, you know, very soon be the globe, or if not already the globe, um, and be held up there in the highest regard in the future of time. Uh, you can really get a full sand belt experience when you pay your 40 bucks and go to uh, Sandy Links, which is basically the driveway is opposite the driveway to rural Melbourne. Now, if you're in Melbourne, you know this, and I'm probably telling you stuff you already know, but many people in um, Slovakia uh, might be listening. Uh, we, we have had some listeners over there. Maybe that was you calling out uh, the real Rory um, rocket. Uh, but also to our new listeners in the Czech Republic, uh, to our other listeners in uh, Croatia, I noticed that Croatia popped up on the list. Um, Virginia, um, that's actually goodbye. Sorry, uh, and where else? Uh, Germany. We featured in Germany. So, if any of those countries now that the borders are open and are coming to Melbourne for a sandbelt golf experience, uh, before you go out and unleash yourself on the the, the sandbelt beasts, warm up on Sandy Links for forty bucks, and you know it's maintained by the same crew that maintains Royal Melbourne. I just come across the road and off they go. And uh, the green complexes there are true sandbelt greens. Uh, they've used a mix of the same uh, Sutton's mix that I think uh, comes from Royal Melbourne. Uh, I played there in January, so it's still betting in a little bit some of the fairway stuff, but it's the home of the PGA and Golf Australia. They've got the high performance centre and the range and all that sort of stuff. It's a great venue. So there you go, Sandy Links, uh, put it on your list. Uh, Rocket, what's your week of golf been? And what was that? Oh, no golf for you, Rocket? No. Um, can I just say one? Sorry, I'm taking over already. Um, you're the host. Can, That's kind of what you're supposed to do. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone that did reach out and mention uh, and inquire that I was okay, if I'm okay. They were very supportive. A couple of nice little supportive messages there. Glad to hear that um, I hadn't um, you know, passed out again. 
Uh, my dad contacted me and said that he thought that was great, and um, I just want to say thanks to everyone that um, you know just left a left a little note on on, on that. The men's health and uh, mental health and men's health thing is a very important thing, and you know we'll think of ways that we can keep promoting the importance of that. But I uh, just want to say thanks to everyone that did uh, reach out. Appreciate that, uh, Rocket. Now we we sort of ended last week on the the Saudi. Uh, in developing story, you know, the story of the shark, and it wasn't really confirmed back then. Yeah, maybe you were breaking it. I think, yeah, you know, I'm going to credit you with breaking the story. No, it was just a, it's, it's just rumored stuff that I'd seen and read, and and it was confirmed probably 48 hours later. So, you're on the long run. What's happening? Do we want to talk about the other stuff before we get to this one? Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah, well, I reckon well, we no, better no, cover yeah, okay. we better no, cover no, the other right. stuff because. I'm going to get a little bit hot on this one. Okay. Put, put it this way, Ross. I hope there's a feature in the editing for bleeping. Jeepers, weepers. Because it, it, got me, it got me fired up. If anyone's seen the Kermit the Frog meme, I actually did research and typed out things I was going to talk about. Um, we've never had to put an explosive uh, sort of little tick on the... Uh, just, yeah, just, in, just in case. I'm trying to... I'm going to hold back. Mm-hmm. However... I've stayed away from the the single malts. I'm trying to trying to keep it above board. I'm trying to not get too loose. I did. But, I did actually but, listen but to. I did actually listen to another Australian podcast, and there was a lot of swearing going on, and I, it made me stop and think. Like we don't swear. Uh, it's not part of what we do. Um, and it, made, it just really highlighted. I thought oh, that's a lot of that's a lot of swearing, and I maybe the fans like the swearing. I don't know, but it's probably not something I know that I'll lose a listener in in. Captain Murray Flanagan up there in uh, Cessna. It, it, it's, it's all it's all about the timing and when it when it happens. Okay. The, the, the one person who I can say that when they do, we'll call it drop an f bomb, and but they do it probably once in a blue moon, but they do it with exceptional timing and it just adds pure colour to what they're doing. And that's Mr. Andy Johnson when he's on the shotgun start because when he drops one, it is. In the context of everything he does, it's just absolute, just rolled, rolled gold, solid. It's oh, so man. good. Oh man, I don't like that. <laughs> man, jeez, don't, don't pick on his voice. It's, it's very, it's very uh, unique and uh, makes Andy Johnson so uh, entertaining. Uh, it's been a big week for Australian golf. Our favourite. We talked about him. We didn't. Meep, meep, Herbie. We didn't put him in. Magic's tips. How bad? Did, how bad did you feel when Herbie saluted come Monday morning, and uh, you, you, we had had Seamus Power. We even put it in the headline: Seamus Power picked. I was. Uh, if I made money. Win, I don't know yeah, what everyone else is doing. Rocket. I had money on him. Oh, good, yeah. good rocket. Well done. <laughs> no, Rocket had him. Rocket was very happy. No, I, I absolutely. I um. I def, definitely didn't have him, and it probably was. I think I said it when we were talking last week. The data that I work off, there's not a lot on Herbie yet no. on his PGA Tour stats. But if I think about the course and what I was sort of looking at, uh, they, the reviews are that the course isn't going to suit someone who's a long hitter. That wasn't going to be like a key stat that you really were going to need. If I think about Herbie, just without the data in front of me, I think one of the best things that he's at, it's driving distance. So if I think about that, I'm, I, I wouldn't have put him in. I'm sure I wouldn't have. So I can't ever feel bad about it. He, yeah. play, he played really well. Do you have any back stats? Can you whiz up some back stats there from last week? On no, don't, they don't have it. 
No, it's it's shot link they don't have. So Bermuda and this week in uh, Mexico, they don't have any shot link data. So at the end of the tournament, you can sort of see some strokes gain total, but you can't pick up how they specifically went yeah, on certain things, like say putting or driving, things like that. Look, you know, the one thing that um that is that has happened is, you know, it's brought Herbie onto the world stage very much so. You know, like he's been across all of the uh, golf TV networks, all of the um, reporting, all of the media. It's, you know, he's interviewed really well, spoke really well. Um, he's had Dom there, his coach, which, you know, I think it was his first time that Dom's shared a win uh, with Lucas in the major wins that he's had. Um, not majors, but you know what I mean, the big big stage wins that he's had. Um, so the timing was perfect there. Uh, he hadn't been, you know, he missed a couple of cuts and that was one of the reasons why Dom went across. I think I might have said that Pew, Pew Dog was going home and I'm not sure if Pew Dog is going home and Dom's going to take over. I'm not sure exactly how long Dom's staying, but obviously Pew Dog's still in the bag, um, still on the bag at the moment and you can't miss the Pew Dog with um, golf's greatest beard. But, you know, Herbie has rocketed into the, well inside the top 50. You know, he's yep. he gets so many exemptions on the back of that win. Um, you know, he's... Tour card secured for another two seasons. It's just a dream, dream start, and it's one that we talked about. It's, it's actually three because he's already got it for this year. It carries on for the, the next two seasons after that. And we talked about it. You know, we thought, you know, will he have a red hot crack at this early swing when maybe the fields are, you know, some of the guys are doing their other other bits and bobs, and you know, there's and it's really, you know, yeah. not our forecast, but you know, it was pretty clear what was going to happen, and he's, it's come off for the young lad and. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. It, uh, you know, a PGA Tour winner. A PGA Tour winner. Yep. And uh, it's it's funny because I was looking at the stats for the Portugal Open because that's on this week as well. And I was looking back a couple of years ago and Herbie finished second after doubling the last. Was that when he got called with the rules infringement, I think? Was that? Yeah. Was that when it was? Was that Portugal? I think that whenever it was, but it's funny because... That tournament, he missed out, right? Now, this week, or last week, Patrick Reed's come flying home. You know, the world-class player, the best talent in that in that field by a long, long way. And instead of something going wrong in the last hole where he doubles and misses and gives up the lead or falls into a playoff, he's hit an exceptional shot into 18, nice and close. close. Easy little two-part clutch. That's, that's a different golfer. That's fantastic. Mm. So, uh, Patrick Reed did come back. Uh, Herbie held on for a one-shot win. Sets himself up for a long time on tour. He's held himself in high regard. Lucas Herbert has, when you think about his game, for, to me, I'm obviously a fan, he's got that X factor. Yep. His game has that X factor, which you see some of the other guys that win. Yep. And I think if you look at both games, he's got that X factor, which can help him win many more times, a number you, of more times. You, 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 yeah. Oh, I've seen it for a very long time. I've told many people about my Stuart Appleby story. So it's one of those things when you see it, you go, oh, okay, that person plays a completely different level of golf than any other person that is playing today. Um, Jeff Ogilvie was another one of those. I, I can still go back to, there was, you know, we're talking 95, 96, when there were so many other more highly ranked and qualified amateur players playing around the country. And I remember having a conversation with someone because we're playing in the group behind Jeff. And I'm like, Jeff's going to be a world better because he has something that not others have. He has this other gear that he can reel off seven birdies in a row 
But the thing is, at the moment, he could probably rattle off three doubles. You know, and once you iron that out, he everyone else is consistent and they're just... They, they will plot away, but he has this other gear that he can tap into. And Lucas is the same. I've, I sent you that message. I'm, I'm, I remember seeing him as a 16-year-old, nearly take down a very seasoned man in a professional event. Like, yeah. he has... He has it. I've yeah. seen him. I've seen him up close in pennant. And you know, when you see someone hit a golf ball, like I saw the difference between like him and Ryan Ruffles. Ryan Ruffles is a fantastic player. Lucas is another level. Yeah. And he's done well with all of his all the interviews that he's done. Nothing but great reviews. The one that the, the one that stood out was someone asked him about. Um, I saw it. Someone tweeted it again today. Someone said, Did you know much about Bermuda before you got here? And he said, yeah, I knew that it was a triangle and it has an, you know, really a, a crazy ability that air, airplanes get lost there or something like that. So it's just like that's an Australian answer that, right that, there. That's a good country, that's a good country lad. That's a good country lad. And it was like, there was someone who tweeted it and said, like, This is the minute I knew, like, I love, fell in love with Lucas Herbert. This, this is his answer. That was great. Um, well, you know, it's going to be a big year because he's going to feature in all of the big events that we like to watch and get our eyeballs around, including the Masters. Um, how exciting for the, for the team. Well, well, the other thing is, well, and this was actually, and it's funny, we talk about Mr. Andy Johnson again. He's, he's just a genius in terms of how he thinks about stuff. And, and he kind of brought up a really good point. You think about there's 50-odd events during the year and you've got these... 20 odd events that get condensed with really the best fields why not play the weakest ones because they get this it's the same number of points may not be the same dollar value but the possibility of churning out a heap of top 10 so all of a sudden you get same owg similar owgr points you crank out some wins so your fedex cup points are all they're exactly the same except for some of the elevated ones so all of a sudden, if you play a couple of weaker fields, yep. you know, he, he could if he plays through to we'll call it that February stretch, and then plays a couple of ones in through the middle of the year, a couple of other weaker ones. Mm. It, it it sounds weird, but actually it makes a lot of sense. You're playing a, a not a stronger field, so you put yourself in a better position to actually finish higher, and it means you're raise your rankings you in put you score more fedex cup points so that means by the come come um you know snout in the trough season you're you're in a better position to just run away with a with an absolute shed load of cash mm. not the worst plan nope i thought it was genius i thought oh my, i'd listen to it again when he explained it and i'm like well, why has no one thought of that before what well, why play in all the best events why don't you play in some of the weaker fields why not? Turn up now. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what uh, Lucas will do, but uh, what I'm looking forward to is catching up with Jamie Blazier tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow afternoon for the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, which you should tune into. Um, we won't have Lucas on. Yeah, you know, Lucas has done his media commitments for the week. He's uh, spoken. Our biggest, our biggest stogie would Jamie have been puffing on? You know, yesterday, <laughs> yeah, a couple of days ago. Uh, no, they do. They do share in their successes as a team. You know, they talk as a team, they perform as a team, and uh, you know, they very much all are a team. So, um, I'm looking forward to catching up with uh, a little bit more of the insight information on that. If you want to tune in, 
that'll be sort of Friday or Saturday when that comes out. Um, talk a little bit more about uh, what's going on in the world of mental mastery. So anyway, Lucas is playing this week uh, at uh, your course at Mike's Mike's place. Mike's place, yeah. Mike That's why it's called Mike Mike Cobra. Mike Cobra. Mike's place. Uh, what's the course called? El Chameleon. El Chameleon. It's El Chameleon. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, it's Shark a resort. Shack. Shark Shack. It's funnily, he's getting a lot of uh, press this week. It's Shark. So it's a Greg. Um, it's a Greg Norman design. Uh, Greg Norman rocket. design. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, I want to say twenty minutes north of Playa del Carmen, uh, between south of Cancun, so Mexico. Uh, it's a big resort. They're very very. Uh, a whole lot of very, very, very expensive resorts the whole way down the, the highway there. Uh, and this is one of them, uh, the, the, the Mayacoba Resort and the course is El Chameleon, built in the mangrove. So anyone that's watching on YouTube will see the picture in the background. It's, it's carved out of mangroves and you're either in between the mangroves um, on absolutely unbelievable canals of crystal clear water, you know, five, 10 metres straight down. You can see all the way to the bottom, all the fish just swimming around that you're sort of hitting over. Or you're out on the beach, so um, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful golf course. It's not super, super difficult. Um, don't get me wrong; I didn't didn't shoot the course record. Um, like Coolum, but without dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. There was a few <laughs> lizards looking running around. It looked a bit like dinosaurs. They were a bit weird, but um, uh, it's it, it's a beautiful, beautiful golf course. Um, yeah, it's about being uh, in the fairways. Uh, it's not it's not somewhere where you want to be remotely offline because the rough is pretty pretty thick, um, and yeah, if you get wide to those mangroves, it's gone. There's no there's no way to remotely chip out of there. It's it's done. What are the what are the standout holes that uh, you know the makers or breakers? You know, where do you expect people to come unravelled? Where do you expect some shots to be made up? Yeah, I'd say look at the end of the day, the the par threes are it's really going to be wind dependent. So a lot of them, the par threes, I think. Three of them are under 135 meters, 150 yards. Mm-hmm. But, really? Yeah. But two of them are facing straight onto the water. So when the wind's up, it'll really just, if the, I've just had a look at the, the forecast for Thursday and it's blowing nothing. So they were hitting wedges in. Um, I can happily say that I think I played it three times. I think I birdied the same hole three times. And it was par three, but there was no wind floating around. So it makes things a bit easier. The one that probably most people have seen and, and uh, will see if they ever look up the course is that it was the first hole when we played, but they mix it around for the tournament. There's a big hole, a big massive cave in the middle of the fairway. It's only, I don't know, 150 metres off the tee, something like that. So it's in no danger of hitting it in there. You need to be pretty bad. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really standout feature of, a, of the golf course, as most people would look at. Is that a Patrick Reed redesign? <laughs> you could get lost down there if you really wanted to. <laughs> I wasn't. It's one of those things. You, you know, there's nothing in there, but you weren't sort of going too far into the cave to have a look at the same time. Uh, if you check out Dom as a party, Lucas's coach and my shotgun coach. Uh, if you check out Dom's Instagram, you will see uh, Lucas taking a look into um, that. Bunker, which okay. is called, which is called the Devil's Bunker, the Devil's Mouth, I think it's called. Uh, there you go. Um, rather appropriate. The, the, the designer. Uh, there we go. Uh, that's okay. WT Mojave is looking great. Have a look at the Devil's Mouth. Yes, that's what this bunker should. Uh, so it's on Dom's something. Devil's Mouth. Uh, there's a bunker. There's a there's a bunker at Lahinch called the Devil's Asshole. I wonder if it's connected to the Devil's Mouth. It is on the other side of the world. Oh, sorry, that's a bad joke. 
That's, that's really good. That's not bad. That's really good. <laughs> I looked at Lucas, look at it, the devil's mouth. Look, that's really good. I, I know a bunker called the devil's asshole. It's on the other side of the world. It's at La Hinch. It's like about, in, instead of the devil's mouth being like 20 metres across, the devil's a-hole is about five metres wide and it's at the bottom of the thing. And Well, well that's that's actually, um, so how, old's, how old's La Hinch? Yeah, well, it goes back to, back to um, old Tom Morris. Oh, okay. So then that explains. So, because the tenth hole, is it a par three or a par four? Tenth hole. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry, I, 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 no, no. The hole, the hole, the hole, the the hole that has the devil's asshole. Uh, it's like the fourth, I think, and it, no, it's a par four. It goes up the hill and around the corner, and the the devil's a hole is a bit of a carry. Um, so if you hook it around the corner, you know, you'll go down into it, and you're just dead. And so that bunk, so that bunker is really small. Yeah, correct. It's a, it's like. Literally, so, so, literally the shape so, of you know. What. So the so the the tenth hole at Pine Valley, right? The little sharp path par three has the bunker right at the front, really short one, really deep, and it is called the Devil's Asshole. Well, there you go. Maybe maybe that's a golf thing. Um, there we go. Okay. Um, what took you there, Mike, to um, El Camillon? Uh first time was with uh, two mates. I think that you've met both, uh, Conrad and uh, Scotty. We. Been Conrad and I decided to take off and have a bit of a tour of uh, the US and Europe. So we went over and met Scotty, who was living in LA at the time, and then decided we'd go to Mexico and play golf and drink, which was a good deal. Mm-hmm. So that was we ended up there, which was great. And then the second time around was really similar, but with my wife, <laughs> or my my my, uh, fi- my then my future wife. So we were down there on a holiday in in Playa del Carmen, and I decided that. She would love to drive me around in a golf cart at this beautiful <laughs> resort. So, uh, yeah. in in relation to my golf, uh, what have you, Conrad, Doc, and Jeff Ogilvy all got in common? Conrad, Doc, myself, and Jeff Ogilvy. In relation to my golf, in, ah, you, we've all seen you <laughs> hit, the, hit the shortest five wood in history of yeah. known man in front of a U.S. Open champion. That's correct. Oh dear. The, fir- uh, the first, the PK? Yep. Yep. There you go. <laughs> True. Um, I've got a very good Lucas Herbert stat for you. A very good Aussie stat, I should say, for this week. And this is not, not mine. It's from uh, it's from uh, a gentleman I spoke about in the weeks gone by, Ben Coley, who's a golf commentator uh, out of UK. He said, will the Herbert Lee symbiosis continue? So in January 26, 2020, Herbie wins in the Emirates. In a week later, Minwoo wins in Australia. 2021, Herbie wins in Ireland. A week later, Minwoo wins in Scotland. Last week, Herbie wins in Bermuda. Do we all go and bet on Minwoo in Portugal? That's the question. Later. I'm I'm in now. Load. Get it, get, in now, get in now before this podcast goes live and brings the odds plummeting on. on well, all all the, all the Aussies on. that were reading it, all the Aussies that were reading it, going, "Oh, that, actually, that yeah, that rings a bell." I knew that they were in the same time. The Americans that were reading it, going, "Who would who would ever see that you would who would ever line up two people?" Oh, he's coming. He's, like, no, he's twenty three now. They've loaded up on him early. Bloody hell! People have seen it. Yeah, that's a pretty amazing. A week apart, three times coming up, not possible. It's pretty good. 
Must be pretty nice, pretty nice to be listening or be on part of a podcast that's um, you know hosted by someone that uh, you know has been part of those wins with those guys, you know, and played with them in those years that they've had those wins. That's uh, it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Did I, <laughs> have I that, mentioned who, who, who would that be? Have I mentioned that I played with Mimo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that. I've ever ever come across that in the podcast. If it ever came back out, I think I've got the photo just over there. There it is. <laughs> um. Um, the, just back on Herbie. Um, yeah. another, another great thing. I'm pretty sure that he won't change because I'm I'm pretty sure he does plan to come home for Christmas and and see his family and you know especially more so now. But uh, you know he reached straight out to Clates and said, "Is there a spot in the Sandbelt Classic?" And um, Clates, you know, in the various tweets said, "I think I think he might get a three year exemption for it." <laughs> so I'm I'm I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that uh, Herbie still. Is up for that, and um, it'd be great to see the young fellow down here playing uh, across those four courses um, the week before Christmas. What yeah, I definitely. I'll come. I'll come down and have a look. Peninsula Kingswood. Where we got your Royal Melbourne and Kingston Heath. Wasn't Kingston it? Heath and Yarra Yarra. Okay, when's the, is that when's right? The PK, when's the PK one? Well, it's in that part of that part of that week. I think it's all at the same time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It's like four day, four days. Bang, 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 bang. Week, yeah. before, week before Christmas, like twentieth to twenty third or twenty thereabouts. Um, yeah, it was good to see Herbie put his hand up and reach out to Clayton and say, "I'm in." If there's, a, if you'll have me, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. You'll fit in. Uh, well, um, Minwili in Portugal. Minwili in Portugal. Um, yeah, I'm on. You're on. Um, I haven't really looked at Portugal. I think I, if I, well, I know we'll probably talk about it, but him and Laurie Cantor are there too. But uh, in in Mexico. Um, Justin Thomas is a favourite. Quite rightly, he's a very, very good golfer um, and, yeah, could easily win. I'm going to be shopping around a little bit differently. I like uh, Aaron Wise, the original Wise guy, uh, Abe Answer, and then a few guys that are at, you know, pretty big odds, Keegan Bradley, Russell Knox, and C.T. Pan, the bronze medalist. Is that correct, C.T.? Yep, yep. yep. So those guys, I think, are all going to have a, an okay week just looking at the way the course is and the way they're going. Xander's not playing? The gold medalist's not playing? Gold medalist is not there. We've only got the bronze and the silver medalist playing. Bronze and silver, yeah. Okay. But um, no, look, it's a, it, look, realistically, for a tournament that is in their off-season, um, to get to get you know those guys down there, like we talked about before, uh, it probably is working that that ability to get those players to sort of mix up their schedules. You know, you're not going to see Anta, Hovland, Scheffler, Kepka, Finau, Reed, Justin Thomas, Terrell Haddon, Matt Fitzpatrick, Zalatoris. Those guys aren't going to play this tournament normally. Just, no. No. It's, you know, the winners historically, I think, Charlie Hoffman, Victor won last year. But, I mean, it's that half a step below. So there's a lot of big names down there, which is great. Is this a tournament where it gets like, like last week the weather was bad, but is this the one yeah. where it gets horrendously windy and the palm trees are going, woo? No, I think that horrendous was la- uh, last week. Historically, that Bermuda one's been pretty bad. This one's right. been bad too, but yeah. the Bermuda's been the worst. But this one can be pretty ordinary. But it's uh, there's just no room. There's nowhere to, to cover. If the wind's coming in and it's it's blowing a go, you're done. Oh, this is the one where Cooch is... Um... He uh, shortchanged El Capitan. Correct. <laughs> that is, of course. You can go. You can go down there and get. He will caddy for you. Still, I'm sure. <laughs> is, is, Cooch, uh, is Cooch playing? 
No, I didn't he, see him on the list. It doesn't mean he's not there. Um, don't know. Surely he. Surely he, he is playing. He, he is, is playing. Yeah. Uh, he's got some. He's got some steel ones. That's. Good. I would. I would say that he's probably bringing his own caddy this time. Oh, geez, geez, Rocket, you dined out on giving Cooch some bloody stick on that for a couple of episodes or for several, didn't you? Oh, between that and and the drops, yeah. um, I oh, I had a good six months run with steam him. shovel, steam shovel, two drops. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, was just like yeah. fodder, fodder. So good. Uh, so, who are you tipping, Mike? Yeah, they're the one. They're, look, the main. If I had to pick one, I. I, I I'd, I'd take uh, the, the one that rates on top's answer. Um, but if I was going to pick one who's at, you know, good odds, I'd say Aaron Wise. Okay. Did, yeah, did... I'm just looking here. Like his last, and it'll be on your magic your magic dashboard, he's hmm. been top 10 like two or three times in the last few years. Yeah, so at the tournament, Aaron Wise has finished – uh, here last year, second last year, cut the year before, but then 10th year before that. Uh, and then in his last two starts, he's finished eighth at the Shriners and fifth at the CJ. So that says to me, he's playing good golf. He's been in, uh, what was that? That was the back to back weeks in Vegas. He skipped going to Japan, didn't go to Bermuda, probably shot straight down to um, a course where he finished second last year. Um, yeah, I'm quite happy to have Betty Meach way. Okay. Uh, did um, Scott Jamison reach out to you by any chance? That's some tip. Did, did he? No? Okay. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was chasing. He, was ch- he said, who's the bloke that does all the tips? I need to get, I need to get the inside information. I said, I, I, did, I did have a few people. He might have. I had a few people message me from, um, remember the other week when I said, if anyone yeah. wants to know what the sneaky, yeah, sneaky yeah. account is, just yeah. and I had a few people message me saying, I, I, need, the, I need the the access. Um. So he might have. I, I did have a couple. Can you okay? Can you just check that and I'll have a look. Well, yeah. Just just contact him and send him the the secret thing because he's a busy man. He's in full preseason. They got the FFA Cup next week. Uh, looking forward to getting back and see some football at uh, Bob Jane Arena, playing South Melbourne. Uh, go you city boys. Um, we haven't seen the Jamo for a, a little while. Rocket, you know, he, he asks after you quite a lot. Ask you, are you all right? We're well overdue for a, a smash. And. Uh, a little nibble at Jamo's bar, which is the Peninsula Kingswood um, members' lounge. But Jamo, <laughs> when he's there, he says this is Jamo's bar. <laughs> no, he's a good fellow. Um, okay, good field, should be good. Herbie back, Herbie uh, backing up. Let's see how far. You know, let's see how he goes after. He probably put a few wizard sticks on the table uh, with Dom and Pew Dog after the win. I'm sure. Yeah. I've taken a, a little bit of what I did and. I threw some more down on on the on the Herbie. Okay, good. Okay. Why not? Why not? So you went okay on 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 the. Um... Oh, I filled the bank account back up again. She was she was, you know, if it was a sink, it would have been going. Okay, okay, okay. It's, it's been retopped up. The seal's been the, the leaky seal's been. Uh, yeah, that's it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What other golf have we got? We've got. Uh, there's a little bit of happening in um, Portugal. So the European tours in Portugal. How's that feel, Magic? Look, it's to be honest, I didn't know a lot about it before I started having a really quick it's look a garbage at it. field. Yeah, it's it's yeah, okay. it's it's not not the greatest field. Um, 
Matt Wallace is the favourite, Laurie Cantor, Thomas Peters, Beak Johnson, Minwoo's there. Then you're sort of starting to, oh, sorry, Bobby Max there. Uh, but yeah, Sam Horsfield. It's not, um, yeah, I think a lot of people have uh, decided early November could be the uh, time to take a break um, and have a little have a little spell before before Christmas. Did we speak about Sam Horsfield last week, Rocket, or re- in recent times? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay, it's interesting that you know, like you would say that he's got he's a golfer that potentially had an X factor, you know, in in his game. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, he's highly rated, but just. Sometimes they just take time. Yeah, he's a great golfer. Like, grew up in America. English represents yeah. England, but grew up in America. You know, sounds American. Um, really highly regarded. But yeah, love to. He's won on the European tour, of course. Um, he won. He won a couple of times yeah. when they came back during post COVID yeah. or around oh, that sort of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that you know, you don't. There's no bad wins at all. But it was probably a similar trajectory to Gary Kigo. So Gary Kigo kind of went one step further. So Gary was sort of beating up on the South African South African sort of couple couple of wins there. Went over to the US, played in a probably a, a weaker field on the PGA Tour and jagged a win. Mm. So now he's set himself up very similar to Herbie. Whereas Horsfield's still um, still over in Europe, not playing poorly, but he seems to have that ability to throw in either a really poor first round or a really poor last round. Yeah. It's not quite tying it all together yet. Great podcast with, uh, I probably mentioned once before, with he and Rick Shields um, and someone else, uh, one of the other South African fellas. Um, <laughs> good fun. I think they went out and played video golf and made a, a decent video. There you go. Okay. Uh, have we got enough people, enough Scots in the uh, Portugal field to have a top Scott market? Of course we do. That's that's the one thing. There's only two things I do when I get up in the morning on a on a Wednesday. It's one is where where are they playing in uh, Europe and what is the top Scott market? Okay, we have got Bobby Mack, Callum Hill, Richie Ramsey, Grant Forrest, Connor Syme, David Law, David Drysdale, Scott Jameson, Stephen Gallagher, and Mark Warren. Seems like the same names every week. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Good to see them all representing. Jeez, they're getting down there and representing the European Tour. Uh, so I will go for the top Scots. I'm going for Bobby Mack to, to start to rebound in some form and to, um, you know, start to tilt his run into into next year. Yeah. The, Urban, the Urban Express is getting back on the rails. Uh, but Grant Forrest, I want to see Grant Forrest finish off strongly as well. Yeah. No, I, it's funny... He's certainly one that I could see going well. Um, it's looking at the tournament and just being a bit like picking the Melbourne Cup winner on the colours. Looking at the flags that on the historically that have done pretty well here, South Africa does very well. So that South Africa seems to have a very good representation at the Portugal Masters towards the pointy end. So I might go and have a look later and see if I can find someone from South Africa that. Okay, so maybe you can put up put up a, a, a top Scott market and a, and a South African market. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to find it. Okay. I don't think they've got one. Nice uh, too many. And then we've got the ladies, uh, the women, and also the amateurs playing in the Middle East uh, this week. We've got the Asia-Pacific Amateur Championship mm. playing, being played in Dubai. Uh, Australia being represented. Who's, who's representing Australia over there? Lucas Michelle is uh, over there. I definitely know that much. Um, anyone else that we know of? I was listening to uh, another podcast today. Uh 
Colt Nose was talking about. He's over there um, reporting. Mm. And he said uh, they'd got up and had uh, gone check the PGA scores and found out that uh, they'd gone out early because on the Sunday the, the weather was so bad over in Bermuda, they teed off at about 7 o'clock in the morning rather than the afternoon. And that's when they found out Herbie won. And he said that all the Aussie guys that were over in Dubai were swinging from the chandeliers quite happy that, mm. uh, that, he, that he delivered the win, which was good to hear. But no, I, di- I didn't actually, he didn't mention who, uh, who was on the Aussie team. Uh, Hayden Barron, Andrew Lorty, we know Andrew Lorty's name. Hayden Hopwell, I don't know Hayden Hopwell's name. Who else we got? We got. Uh, I'm just going through it. Lucas Michelle, as we know. Uh, Lachlan Barker, uh, Connor McKinney. Yeah, so there you go. Good luck to those guys. Lucas has played a lot of golf. Uh, probably not a lot of competition golf, but he's played a lot of golf uh, in the last um, few months as he's travelled around the world, looking at uh, the golf architecture sites of the world uh, before he comes back and looks after a bit of Seven Mile Beach. Um, he's going to be working with uh, the Clayton DeVries Pont, Pont people down there, shaping up that. He's, uh, he's probably got his um, greater ticket and or he's looking forward to um, playing Tonka Trucks in the sand dunes of um, Rocketland. Can't think of anything better. What a, Exactly right. How far is that from where you were? About an hour and a half-ish? From where I... From um, Port Arthur. Uh, that's just over an hour. An hour, yeah. Yeah, it does look good, uh, the um, weather building. It looks like it's going to be spectacular. It's going to be special. It's right near the airport, isn't it? In, yeah. In outside of Hobart, <clears throat> yeah, just down the hill. It's going to be special. Mm. Uh, we did. You haven't got your email about the open tickets we've missed out there, Mike? Nothing. Nothing? Okay. Nothing. Uh, you've heard more people getting them? I only heard of uh, Ben. And uh, his opportunity, his window came and went. So I'm not sure that he took them up. I'm not sure if anyone else uh, got them, but uh, it's like we're not going to the Open. Is that right? The My Love of Golf Open 150th trip has evaporated in the dream that it was. It's not impossible still. You'd see him, you're probably going to see him come up. You're like you said on that resale site. On my uh, site, it's probably still looking at Ryder Cup Rome at the moment. Okay. That's, that's probably going to be, wow depending on what the new world looks like and travelling and all that sort of stuff. Rocket, how's your travel plans going? Getting the um, new age back out in the road soon? Don't know. Oh. Okay. I was, I was expecting more than that. <laughs> well, you know, Rocket's... Is, is, is don't know one or two done, no? It's like, as he says it, it's like, it's like two words, but don't know. Uh, no, I feel like it's the calm before the storm with Rocket. He wants to tell us a story. He's just just saving his energy for it. Okay, <laughs> all right. We, he's, we need to. We haven't. We haven't pushed that through his media representatives yet. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, and the ladies are playing. Uh, where are they playing? In Saudi as well. Mm. Mm. A little bit of conjecture around. Uh, the girls have been told to wear a certain level of um, appropriate dress for the culture and the country. Uh, I think they can wear short sleeve polo tops, uh, but they must wear pants, um, three-quarter length pants, um, so there's no bearing of skin outside of below the knee and um, <clears throat> just uh, below the shoulder, uh, below the elbow sort of thing. So, um, 
Yeah, yeah it's going to be 40-something degrees over there every day. So I was going to say, I'm just looking at it now, it's, you know, 34, 31, it's going to be warm. And I think for the guys, it's obviously they're the same. They're not, not too many of them getting around in short skirts when they're playing golf. So you would think for the guys playing in the heat in the long pants, they'd almost be used to it. Whereas the girls, because they can get that relief normally, actually having to do it is going to be probably even more difficult for them to get used to. It's going to be pretty hot. Now, this is for the video. And if you watch the video, it's going to scare you. But here's what uh, three summers of no shorts and golf uh, looks like. Look at that. <laughs> That's scary stuff. How, that, do you, how do you not wear shorts playing that, golf? That, 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 that was my legs being put up in front of the camera on the Zoom thing here. So you can see that on the video. Uh, all the more reason to be the 104th subscriber to the YouTube channel. Uh, those legs are as whiter than that back backdrop. Um how do you not wear shorts? I, I literally, I'm, well, I'm the exact opposite. I wear shorts to play golf every day of the year. It could be raining and I'll have a waterproof jacket on, a jumper, a polo, but obviously we're in shorts. Yeah, you're one of those weird guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you, do, were you like that at school, like wore shorts like in the middle? I probably, I probably would have. In the middle of Melbourne it. winter? Like, I would have, but they wouldn't have let me. They, at a certain time of year, they said, no, you have to wear pants. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, cool. um, what about you, Rocket? You shorts got up. I haven't worn shorts. I have not worn shorts for golf in three summers. Why? Uh, I'm, I can't wait to get shorts on to play golf in. Once, why, Mike? Because uh, once your legs get this white, it's embarrassing to put them out in front of anywhere. Like it's forty-five degrees, and you want yeah, to play. That's why. That's why you do a bit of pre-work, you know, for for a, you know a bit of garden work or something like that for a couple of weeks beforehand. You know, lather it up with a little bit of the banana boat and stuff like that. You know, get out on the get mower, rocket yeah, house. That's exactly right. You know, it's exactly right. It's just it's yeah. just too risky. Once they get that white, and they, like they they literally don't. They would fry. It would be no, a banana boat. You know, SPF, you know, 50 plus, you'll nah, be fine. Just some olive oil. Just rub some olive oil in your <laughs> Yeah, the old school. The old school <laughs> olive oil. Extra virgin if you really want to go hard. Yeah, yeah that's it. Or the coconut oil. Remember, <laughs> the, remember the coconut oil. Yeah, that's it. Caridi, Italian. Right, yeah. um, anyway, no, I haven't played shorts, uh, some golf in shorts for a long time. There you go. Fit right, I fit right into Saudi golf. That's it. Uh, who, wins in, who wins in the LAT tour? We going we were going the Minji and Minwoo double. Not the worst plan, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I thought you were going to say Charlie Hull. To be honest, when you said that, you've thrown me. Um, I'm going to say Steph Kiriakou, the other Aussie. I would like to say that. I think she's. I know I say this a lot. She's a talent. She's she's going to be. She's already very very good. She's going to be very 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 good. Yeah. Uh, she's yeah. a very 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 good golfer, and but. She's a great little personality as well. You know, when you listen to her talk, when you see her bouncing around, she's always smiling. Uh, she's just uh, a, the little golf that we watch of Steph Kiriakou, and she performed very well in the Open. You know, great to watch um, and look forward to seeing more of uh, Steph I'm Kiriakou. I'm on. You're on? <laughs> You're on the, are you on the K train? Yeah, he's fully, he's fully loaded from Lucas and he's just enjoying it. I'm, I'm just happy I bet on the Melbourne Cup winner. Otherwise, I'd have no money this week. Oh, we didn't. We missed uh, that tip, did we? Sorry, sorry, uh, oh. listeners. Uh, we missed that I'll, tip. I'll give you the. I'll give you the tip on the Melbourne Cup. Don't. There oh, you go. I, I there, there was a there was a bet when Conrad and I were walking off 
the 16th at Sandy, we both realised the cup was coming up, yeah. and so we had money on it as we walked off that hole because that was it. That was that was as close as it got to a tip. Was it busy on the golf course on Melbourne Cup Day? Back to back, yeah, yeah full right. house, okay. yeah, full right. house. Yeah, we had we had a we had. I think I saw one group of two, and everything else was fours, and that was still going off when we walked off the course at about half past two, and we were off at ten, or just after ten. So yeah, it's very it still flowed pretty well. It was very busy. Now he hasn't. He's been fairly quiet, and he's warned us already. Um, there's a there's a bloodbath sitting behind him. Rocket, you've got you've got a rant. It's a segment. I think we might have termed it a segment some time ago. Rocket's rant. Uh, it's not a rabbit hole. It's not a rear view. It's not a. Uh, it's not the other thing that we ever had. But uh, is this a rant coming up? Call it what you want. Okay. I was just trying to fit it in with the flow of the show and give it a sort of name. What's coming up? Pre warning. <laughs> I, so I think it's a thing in the podcast world that you call things things. And, you know, some people put music in there, you know, like little, you know, little, little transitions. Delicate little wedge. Oh, sorry. That's another. <laughs> that's another transition. Peninsula Kingswood. And, oh, this is beautifully played. Can it go in the bucket? Oh! Oh, sorry. That was. Uh, what else we got? Sorry, Rocket. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, Rocket. I don't have any music. Uh, sorry, Rocket. I don't have any music for Rocket's rant. So there you go. That's the interlude. Over to you. Saudi Golf League or PGL, whichever one they decide to pick, whatever it is. Shark Industries. The shark being named as CEO. It's just a. It's just a figurehead. They've actually hired a lot of really qualified people in the back end. They've aligned themselves with the Asian tour, which is actually really smart. So effectively, they're going to slowly weasel their way into golf. And, you know, you got the likes. There's multiple parts here. It's because... You think about all those professional golfers that are that are asking for exemptions to play in the Saudi International. It used to be a European Tour event. Obviously, it must have been uh, one of the things that the PGA Tour asked the Europeans when they did their whole you know joint sanction thing. Is you need to drop that one as a co-sanctioned event, which they did. So that means the likes of you know McDowell and and others have to ask for a waiver. You know, DJ's playing. Um, Paul Casey, Westy. So they're, they're all playing this event and, you know, they're effectively going to go there and talk about the virtues of, you know, they're giving back to the game and we're trying to grow the game. And, you know, it's... Oh, you know, I, I know I joke about a lot of these things, but, you know, when the shark was announced... Um, I was actually really angry. So that's when I sent that message, like, get ready, you know, because I'm coming in hot. Because, uh, you know, the, the whole golf league thing has come about, let's, let's call it, let's, let's actually call it what it is. It's professional golfers going for their own personal cash grab. And it's the 1% of the 1% of professional golfers just looking to line their pockets with more green than they need. You know, you got, you got, 
one of my favorites, Mickelson and these others, they're popping off at the PGA Tour about the percentage of revenue that they get as players compared to other sports, right? So you've got the PGA Tour, out of all the revenue they generate, 25% of the total revenue goes to players. But if you compare it to the other sports, and if this, you know, it's, this is the thing, there's no context when it comes to this. So let's, let's add some context. The NBA, it's 50%. NFL, it's 48%. So Mickelson and the other top ones are going, we want more of the money because we're these players and we bring all this revenue in, blah, 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 blah. But let's, let's actually break down a few things. The average career of an NBA player is four and a half years at a, at a current average of $8 million per year. That's, that's not chump change. But the thing is, though, your career is very, very short, and that's the average. You know, that doesn't take into account the ones that are making very the, the you know, player minimums and you've got the ones that are making an absolute truckload of money. You've got someone like Russell Westbrook who's making $44 million a year. So we're talking about an $8 million average. It doesn't guarantee that, that everyone's going to be making $8 million. There's some that are making a lot less than that. You know, NFL, a sport I absolutely love. Average career, 3.3 3 years. Average uh, salary, $2.7 million per year. That's not a lot of money. And it's not a lot of money. And they play a team sport that is ownership-driven, you know, and you think about those players, they, they, they rarely get to pick where they want to play, and a lot of them can get traded to any team without their choice unless you're a top player, right? There's no champions tour for an NFL or NBA. Both of them are very physical sports that take a lot of toll. They do take a big toll on their bodies. You know, you have to look at even a lot of the stuff around the NFL with um, all the CTI, CTI? Ah, concussion. The, the concussion thingy, you know. So the likelihood of injury for these people is far higher than a professional golfer. The only thing the professional golfer at the moment is going to be injured with is their egos, um, or or their reputation if they decide to, you know, you know, pat down a, a lie or something like that. And and career-ending injuries, uh, 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 the the likelihood is is just so much less. Now again. NBA, NFL, team sports with salary caps, they're owner-driven leagues. You know, you're a professional golfer, you can pick and choose when and where, you know, and if you're a really good player, you can play for 20 years, earning like a million bucks a year every year, and that's on course without what the stuff you can earn off the course. Right? So, so there's, you know, you've got someone like Mickelson popping off, and he's trying to make out that he's doing it all for the good of the others, and he's not. Let's actually look at a little bit of the things that's happening in golf, right? Since 2006, participation has declined by 15%. So, in you know, total number of participation, people playing golf in the US is 30 million. It's now 24. The governing bodies, you know, USGA and RNA, they're founded in the amateur ranks. Fans of golf that watch TV regularly, they're the hardcore people, right? So, it's like us, you know. The, the casual fans might watch majors. Golf doesn't not have a casual fan space. You know, you know, we're watching a, a sport that goes for four days and six hours. An NBA game is sixty minutes in commercials, and you can watch heaps of them. NFL's the same, two hours total. I, I, I watch heaps of NFL games because I can. I can churn through a lot of them. High impact, high scoring. You have a team. You know, golf is already slow without you know the likes of, you know, Patrick. Um, not Pat, or Patrick Cantlay, um, Bryson, 
and, and it can actually be boring. It's four days. Sometimes the, the really eventful stuff isn't until like the last day. So and you've got the NFL and NBA. They've got hardcore fans. But that doesn't mean also that you need to play that sport. And that's the thing, right? You, you, you can be fans of those and you don't actually have to play the sport where it's a little bit different in, in golf. And, and the problem is that golf is still elitist. It's still a white, white male-dominated, expensive sport to get into, um, you know, just let alone play. You know, so you think, what well, after, after we've had probably one of the greatest golfers of all time, transcendent not only as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a golfer, as an athlete, you know, a lot of these people, you know, we've talked about this before in terms of they should just, they should give half their checks to, to Tiger because they make more money now because of this man. So why are there still so many, you know, so little African-American players, you know, playing professional golf? It's because even the game just from a financial perspective is discriminatory. You know, that, and, that, and that's just from the very beginning, the cost of equipment, the cost of play, you know, versus basketball or football. It's like you, you can, and, or even soccer. You, it's a ball. You pick it up and you can play it anywhere. You can literally play that sport anywhere. So then, you know, when you've got someone like the Shark and Mickelson, and our mate Jason Kokrak, you know, stand up there and claim, claim, you know, they're growing the game. Like I legitimately call bullshit. So, so what, you know, the, the PGL or the SGL is nothing more than the 1% of the 1% asking for more pie. So the likes of Mickelson and Greg Norman and other selfish, narcissistic pricks who compare themselves to the two biggest sports that have biggest TV sponsorship revenue, you know, generating sports in the world it's like it's just ridiculous like seriously those people really need to go and get have go and stand in a room full of mirrors you know so you know i'm talking about two of my everyone knows about you know the shark and lefty they're two of my all-time heroes so you know let's let's talk about the shark for a second the man who is he's the reason i i, I got into the golf he's probably going to be the reason i leave you know so He's nothing more now than the Donald Trump of professional golf, flogging his logo onto anything with a paycheck to fill his pockets, keep his leathery shirtless ass, you know, in the media gaze. And, and, and you know, it doesn't matter what it is. The, you know, half the things he puts his logo on, the, crap, the product's crap. You know? you know, morals and goodness of our heroes doesn't come pre-installed like a purchase of, you know, a laptop, you know, doesn't come with Microsoft Office. Unfortunately, the Sharks downloaded a free version of OpenOffice and it's full of vulnerabilities and easy, um, easy for uh, malware to exploit. You know, there's a nice little bit of an IT security spent on there. So <laughs> all Saudi golf are doing, and they're doing to all the others, they're exploiting them. You know, they're playing some of the events on Trump courses. You know, so all they're doing is they're placating to a bunch of narcissists and their egos and feathering their pockets. Now, Lefty. Oh, my man, Lefty. Do you know what makes me laugh today is that they've changed a lot of the rules on the green reading books. And what's the photo, the primary photo on the PGA Tour? It's, a, it's, a, it's one without a headshot, but it's, it's a photo of Lefty with a green reading book. So they've banned him for 2022. And I wonder how much he's been popping off on social media today about, you know, the PGA Tour and you know, their rulemaking and stuff like that. So my man, Lefty, he loves money more than anyone and he loves being different which ultimately just clouds his judgment beyond what is anything remotely sensible look i love him but he's just a he's a just a greedy money hungry tool 
it's a greedy, money-hungry tool. And the and, and the unfortunate thing is, as much as I'm, you know, potentially trying to defend the PGA Tour, they're not blameless because it's a players-run league. You know, they're beholden to the players, so they kind of can't come down to them. There are threats, but you know, it's it's sometimes I think it's idle. And what we've got now is Saudi golf basically sports washing human rights violations, you know, and, and their perception of the world. And they're using golfers to achieve that, you know, and, and they're using human nature against it. You know, oh, you know imagine being in their sh- being someone in their shoes and someone's throwing $50 million at you potentially over three years. You know, if you played the normal, you know, normal tour and you might be, let's say you're a young fella, like it's Victor Hovland or someone like that. And you've spent a couple of years on tour, and you've you've been able to make on the course, I don't know, a couple million each year. You probably don't make a lot in endorsements because you're not the most endearing person. You're not you're not a media darling or anything like that. And someone puts thirty fifty million dollars in front of you that you only have to that's guaranteed, you know, for three years. That's it's about the same amount of money you'd make over ten. Like, how, how do you how do you turn that down? Because it could be life changing. But at the same time, then, you know, you've got to, you know, where, where's the, where do you stand from a moral perspective? But again, what, why do the players have to do this? You know, the, the, I think that these tours forgets the ones that are really being robbed here, are, you know, are us uh, golf fans. We're not going to get a better, you know, it doesn't matter what they do with the, the this SGL and PGL. We're not going to get a better product because it's going to be the same stuff. Mm. It's not exciting. It's not new. And, you know, all we're going to get is we're going to get players who make an arseload of money, sell their soul f- to make an arseload more, and we, the fans, lose. It's 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 as simple as that. And and you know, some of the people that do need to make a stand, uh, you know, maybe it's the major championship tournaments. You know, is it? It's Augusta National. It's the USGA and RNA. You know, t- take a stand and actually ban the players from from competing. I, I think back to, you know, um, the. The Rebel Tours, Cricket Tours, you think about what Cricket Australia did to a lot of cricketers. They banned them from playing, representing Australia for like um, two to three years, you know, because they, pl- they went and played under um, the de Klerk regime in South Africa, you know, for a lot of money. And you think back then, you know, we're talking about the early 80s, you know, um, if, you, if you weren't playing in, in, in the one-day game or, or playing in the Australian side, you weren't making a lot of money. So if all of a sudden someone's putting... I think Rodney Hogg talked about it, where he was making nearly a hundred grand a year for a couple of years playing in South Africa. Like back then, that's that's like a lot of money. That's career changing stuff, and that's the that's that's the decision that you know people need to make. But sometimes I think the governing bodies need to take the play, the decision out of people's hands. You know, and again, I've talked about this: is the, the our sports already discriminate discriminatory enough, and we just can't allow it to be used as a as a cover for a violent human rights violating regime and country. And I'm gutted that a couple of my fan favorites are just being selfish pricks. Rocket, uh, you know, look, I'm sure the listeners will have, you know, their own perspective and view and, and maybe some of your take there gives some of the listeners a little bit more clarity around what is actually uh, a deeper-rooted you know, sentiment behind um, what's actually happening and the reasons for this Premier Golf League and, and some of the other thoughts that really 
uh, creating it. You know, like it's easy to dump on the PGA Tour. We've done it, you know, like for a, a while because we just want a better product. We want more entertainment. You know, we want we want golf to be the thing that golf can be. You know, Tiger was, as you said, you know, part of the resurgence, part of what made golf what it is and has been through you know, the 2000s and, and a little bit of a contribution to what it is seems to be at the moment. You know, this, this swell of, uh, you know, resurgence in golf a little bit at the moment and let's hope that that continues. But, you know, we want the PGA Tour to give us a product, a sports product, an entertainment product and, and use the players who we all look up to and all really enjoy and want to know more about and want to know behind the scenes. You know, there's, there's nothing more. You know, the reason why this podcast is this for some of the people that we've been able to talk to that people don't get the access to, that they've learned a little bit more about people. And that's what people want. And we want that from golfers. Yeah. And, and that's why we sort of down, download on the PGA Tour, as Andy Johnson does a great job, and as a lot of podcasts do. But to think that some of the best in the world and some of the most money-oriented people in the world can go and counteract that, I'm not sure. There's not sure that that's the the right way, and and obviously then you've, there's the the reasons and the country behind that, and the you know whole human rights issues that goes with that. And you know that's your view. I hope it's sort of clarified or helped brought it bring another perspective to you know people that sort of have been following this story. Um, you'll make up your own minds, people, but uh, that's the Rocket Man's perspective, and. I, I've t- I've taken it. I've I've taken a bat to two of my golfing yeah. idols. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you we've you've done nothing more than hold Lefty up there in the highest regard as 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 one of the people that did give us that entertainment that we talked about, the wanting yeah, from yeah. the PGA Tour. Yeah, exactly. You know, he he we 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 when he came onto the world of Twitter and Philcon Carves started the com- the comedy. You know, this was like. Bring bring us more personality from from more of these guys, and you know what's what's what happens with with golf and and golf eyeballs on TV, um because we've all got a vested in, interest in it, and um so yeah I feel for you mate because I know you know you're a passionate man and you like you know the people that you like you like them and you like you're very loyal and you like them for a long time and I can tell that it hurts and uh, but good on you that's, and that's probably why I was really angry right because like I know the shark does really dumb stuff and I can oh it's, it's one thing I've learned is that all your hero if you if you just accept that all of your heroes are deeply flawed individuals and they're going to make a terrible mistake at some point it's not about forgiving them it's just realizing that you just take the good bits from them and all you do is you just realize that there's stuff that they do that is just horrible and you just go I'm not going to mirror that. I'm just going to take the bits that I think are, are important messages and valuable and the other stuff, it's not about ignoring them, but at the same time, it's not making excuses for them. And I've done that over a very long period of time in terms of you know, as you grow up as a um, and you start to mature and you see some of these things and you see these heroes that you would hold a certain light and then, you know, when... Oh, I still remember the day. There's one particular hero that... Um, when I met him for the first time, I could not have been more disappointed. Could not have been more disappointed. And and I think back now to the later parts of his life and then how the you know the last sort of five to ten years of his life played out. And I remember back to the day that I'd met him and I think about what was playing out in front of me. It all made sense. All made sense. And then from there, I'm like, okay, I've just got to remember who these people that I hold in high regard, they are 
they live in a bubble sometimes, so they, they, they smell a lot of their own farts for a very long time and that they don't have people really pulling them into line and keeping them in check because they will you think about it you you, you become sort of celebrity focused you, you you're kind of shielding yourself from reality in the real world you live in this you live on this pedestal and you're you're sailing above you know 99.9% of the population so you, you you don't really understand what's happening underneath so you can get lost very quickly and very few are able to keep it on the straight and narrow, so to speak. So, you know, I think, you know, when you become successful, there's human nature takes over and, you know, people will stray from, from the path. Tiger, shark, all of them, all of them will do things that will just make you go, how do I, how do I defend that person? So you don't defend it. You just go, yeah, that's, that's rubbish. But here's the couple of things that I did learn from them. Mm. And that's all you do, right? And, and you follow them and support them from afar. And yeah, you just don't get wrapped up in, in all of their essence and, and, you know, go all in on them and try and defend them when they do something wrong because things they do is undefendable. Mike, in, in closing, while we wrap it up, you know, you got any thoughts or anything you want to add on, uh, on that little uh, piece from there from Rocket? No, I think, geez, Rocket's done his homework. He's, he's uh, I think he said, said it all pretty well. I think uh, he made a lot of good points. And I did like his little uh, foray into the, his, uh, his normal life with the uh, talk around data security and um, <laughs> virus. <laughs> that was good. No, look, I, you, you guys both summed it up well. I mean, it's a, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how the next 12 months plays out. Um, like we've heard for a few different podcasts talking about it and in the media around their two different bodies now seem to be vying to change the way the landscape of golf is and, um, a big part of it seems to be coming from money that not really sure a lot of people are comfortable where it's coming from. Or, and, you know, um, it's the, and the other thing is what, well, you know, it's, it's the money where it's coming from. You think about the players that are going to do it, right? They're going to be scared. Like, um, I think it was the no laying up one when they, you know, they've, they've done some work and they said one of the players that they talked to, they said it's brand suicide. You know, mm. buying, and, and the other thing I think about it, it's like I, I look at you go, know, Shark, Phil, and Trump with the courses. They, they, they. You got you got the Shark who got jilted by Tim Fincham back in the day around the World Tour stuff, and they ended up copying it with the WGCs. Then you got Phil who has his own beefs with them for whatever reasons and stuff like that. Um, and then you got uh, the Trump Meister, who's lost pretty much every event because of just who he is. You know, the Doral Open is, is no more. That became the WGC Mexico, and then he, he lost the PGA um, from from his course up in, in in New Jersey. I think it is. You know, so all you've got is just these narcissists who have an axe to grind against golf, and, and they're all they've all got enough money that they don't care. Oh, two, of, two of them do. Lefty's got nothing left to worry about. He's oh, I'm not talking about Lefty. Oh, really? What? Just you reckon Greg? No. Trumpy. 
vape away. <laughs> vape away. He would have been my third pick. Um, gents, it's been an hour and 12 of uh, our finest. Um, thank you very much for listening. I think we'll leave it on calling DT wealth vaporware uh don't want to get his people onto our people we don't have any people so um he's probably got enough there to have some people but uh you know in all seriousness uh, it's been great catching up with you um thanks mike send us your tips can we post those can you post them and we can reshare them can you post your tips on your instagram where can people follow you at mike at mike underscore caridi i'll put them up I'll put it up uh, on the story. That's uh, at Mike underscore Caridi, C-A-R-I-D-I, Caridi. Uh, you can't follow Rocket at the moment. We can follow Rocket. He's not following back. He's still on the... Um, you can you can, you can can follow me. You can yeah. follow me as much as you want. Just focus on the Twitters. I'm probably going to tear down the other ones. Um, yeah, it's on my to-do list. Okay. You have a very well-structured and well-organized well to-do list. So is Twitter coming back? Is that what you're saying? Is Twitter coming back? No, I don't. Don't know. Okay. Don't know. Don't know. It's it's still it's still going to be more of an output mechanism at the moment with the stuff I'm writing, um, versus a um, me conversing on it. Okay. Because oh, the thing is that if I reckon if I go back on it, I'd have to go a real hard cull on what I follow. Could you start like, up? A, could you start up a new secret account, like sort of like Mike's betting account, and this be underground? Nah, it's got it's got my name. Yeah, no. I gotta keep. I gotta. Yeah, I just gotta keep it. Okay. And, and it's linked back to the stuff I write, so it's kind of. Um, I don't know. No, I, I see. I see how I go. I'm, I'm week thirteen now, so I've got the baker's dozen under the under the under the under the belt. Mm-hmm. So. I reckon I can get it. Th- I reckon I can get it through to Christmas without a touchy touch. Hey, I thought I stopped. Dr- I thought I stopped drinking for two weeks. Two weeks became four. Four became twelve. Twelve became twelve months. Twelve months became ten years. So, anything's possible, Rocket. Oh, it's. I know for me, it's been massive because um, one, I've got nothing distracting me from other stuff. So, you know, I've learnt to be bored again, which is actually a good thing, and it just means I've been able to be a bit more creative. And then so I've got another little side thing I'm doing obviously with the writing. So who knows what that's gonna do. Hey, if you if you two guys want to write some stuff for the My Love of Golf website, just uh, you know, Mike, you could write about your um rounds at uh, El Camillion. And uh, you know, Rocket, if you want to write anything, I can post it there. I'm looking for content providers, um paid in hot dots or pro V ones or uh, tour response tailor mates, you know, there, there'll I'll, be some, uh, some remuneration. I'll I'll see if um, I'll see if um, I'll see if Medium have a I'll see if they've got any sports angles in there. I might be able to sort of weave a bit of rocket magic in there because then I can have it linked back to that. Beautiful. Okay, gents, thank you, ladies and gentlemen listening. Thank you, more importantly. And uh, if you do choose to watch us on YouTube, uh, wow, put us uh, put aside a good hour of your time for uh, some TV time to watch us three going on. Here we are. We're back. We'll be back next week. See you next time on the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for listening.